sticking with it this far, and uh, now we get to, like we said last time, just take a breath, catch our breath a bit. We've already been enjoying the fellowship and the food, but now we get to enjoy the Word of God. So, Brother Tim, you come and give us what the Lord has given you. All right, if you have in Deuteronomy 20, Leviticus 27. Pretty quiet, so I'm hard to listen to. Sometimes, so never been said about me ever in my life. Uh, the Havmans in general, I'm the probably the quietest out of all of them. Uh, my dad is a preacher. Uh, my brother is a preacher in Montana. When Daniel uh, speaks to me on the phone. And I can hold it out here. And uh, my, my wife, my family can always hear what Daniel is saying. And, uh, and then I have a brother-in-law in Hawaii, the Bakers. I think they were well represented today uh, at the Hawaii table. And then I have another brother-in-law in Montana who's a pastor. And so out of my six brothers and sisters, where five of us are in full-time ministry, my dad's in ministry, and uh, all of us are a little uh, loud and uh, part of that is, uh, you know, the Lord blessed us with lungs so that we could preach the gospel, I think. Uh, but I hope that you can hear today, and I, I want to be a blessing. I'll tell you what, um, how can I say this right? I don't like those things, but I loved that thing today. You okay with that? I don't, I don't usually like going to those type of missions fairs because I'll tell you what, I've seen them so, the quality of them has been so low the quality that you all put into that today was incredible it was stellar and I loved that today and I my heart was touched I want to uh, we do our missions conference every year every May um, your pastor was there this year and um, I, I want to do that for our church next year I want to I want to encourage them I want I, I took pictures of most of you and um, I want to take that back and encourage our church to do a mission fair and get involved. I, not only was I impressed with, and it, my, my impression isn't the most important, by the way, but not only was I impressed with the quality, but y'all knew something about your people that you were talking about, your countries and your, your missionaries that you were talking about. That's a blessing. And I would encourage you that you, know, that, uh, you, know, you had people, don't, don't forget them tomorrow. Uh, they, they need your prayer. Uh, they need your help. And uh, so I, I was really blessed. Every table, and I thought the best out of everything out there was Garrett at the jumping machine out there, at the bouncing machine out there. I just, I, that, was the, that was the best, all right? And he did the, I, I think, I, I 100% know that he had more fun than any kid there. Uh, he, that, that was great. No, great, great job. I, man, I was, I was encouraging. And, and I appreciate it. I just think that whenever we do something for the Lord, it should be done right. It should be done at the best that we can do. And the Lord, the Lord appreciates quality. Have you ever considered a Solomon's temple or even the, even the tabernacle out of you know, the tent? But, but Solomon's temple in particular, the quality of workmanship and the craftsmanship and the detail uh, 
that went into it. And uh, I think as you also are in a building project, you, you don't have to have um, lily work on top of the posts in your building. Okay, and if you, if you know what I'm talking about in the tabernacle, there was just stuff that only, only the Lord could see. But there should always be quality in our buildings. We're, we're building a building right now, and we've had several people come and look at it, and they went, we, we've never seen a church like that, bef- no, designed like that before. Now, sometimes that can be bad. <laughs> but we're trying to fit into our community, and we're trying to agree with the architecture in our community and, and on top of that, do the best in our community. And we, we do have a budget, but that budget is being stretched and stretched and stretched and stretched and stretched. Let me share a blessing with you about our building before I go there. In, 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 our, in the United States, uh, there's a corporation, and I think, I think we can even work this into our message today, our thought about missions, but there's a corporation years ago, the uh, oh, Republic Tool and Die Company. They made tools for industry and then the dyes that it would create those tools. And the man's name who owned that, was, his name was John C. Lasco. And he was a Christian man. And when he passed away, he put uh, millions of dollars into a, an investment fund. And uh, that investment fund then uh, is appropriated to churches that apply for it uh, for a grant. It's, just, it's free, free money from the John C. Lasco Foundation. And it's quite a tedious process to get it, a lot, lot of paperwork, and it's all done in triplicate. And um, COVID happened, we're all very well aware of that. Um, uh, some of the economy, actually our housing went insane where we live, our, our houses have gone up three, per, uh, three times sometimes, and our building costs have risen that much as well. And we're building at that time when the building costs are almost, almost two to three times what they were three years ago. Uh, but we applied for the LASCO grant, and uh, we, we, we got a grant for $900,000 uh, to help us in our building. And um, so, say, what's that got to do with investing? Well, Mr. LASCO's long gone. Uh, he is with the Lord. He was a saved man. And he is still reaping benefits from his investment that he made when he was alive. And I, 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 think, I, think, about, I think about being with the Lord. I, I think about um, heaven. I think about uh, eternal investments and laying up treasure in heaven. And I can't help but think that on that day that our grant was granted and we got $900,000 that uh, Mr. Lasco, maybe he, maybe he pulled out his, his uh, card and, and went to the ATM and checked his balance. And his balance just multiplied and multiplied and multiplied because the Lord is still rewarding him for a work that he did down here in heaven. See, what you do down here for the, for the Lord lasts. We don't always see it. He, he didn't see Heritage Baptist Church. He, he didn't know me. But, but we'll see each other in heaven. And I will thank him. I can't wait. I'll thank him for the investment that he made in Heritage Baptist Church without ever even knowing about it, but the Lord knew about it. And so, uh, as we build, we want to do quality, and I'm just, I want to say thank you for the quality of work today. Uh, it, was a, it was a real blessing to me. Uh, if you have your Bibles, we're in Leviticus chapter 27. Yesterday we talked about partnership. Did I also say Deuteronomy chapter 32? 
Let's start in Deuteronomy 32 so I can kind of just give you a little thought, continuation from last night. We've talked about partnership, and two are better than one. And I think it's a clear principle, and I think we, I, I, I'll be frank, I struggled to land last night, how I was going to land that message and, and relate it to missions. I hope it could be a help to you, and maybe we can connect the dots a little bit, but uh, two are better than one. And, uh, you know, you're going to fall, you need help up. Get help. You're going to get cold sometimes. Your Christianity is going to wane a little bit. You get lukewarm, perhaps. And uh, the Lord doesn't want that. You need to get heated up. And, and so, uh, when you're fighting... Uh, you're in a battle. You need help. You can't do it yourself. And I love this, and I, 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 I didn't go there last night, but look at Deuteronomy 32, and look at verse number 30. We're talking about two are better than one, and then we'll get to today's thought. But, but notice what he says there, Deuteronomy chapter 32, and, and then look at verse number 30. He says, how should one chase a thousand? Okay? One, one chase a thousand. Now, the, the Lord's on their side. That's the clear indication here. But how should one chase a thousand? But notice now, and, and two put... 10,000 to flight. Now, in our math, we would say one would chase 1,000 and two would chase 2,000. But that's not the Lord's math. The Lord takes two and he says, you're going to get 10 times as many of the enemy. You're going to get 10 times as many of the, if you would, the reaping there. So two, two, are, two are better than one in bearing fruit. And so... We, we, we see that principle. We need to understand that principle. Hold your place here in Deuteronomy chapter 32. And I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, value today. I want to talk to, to a little bit about estimation. Now, I, I don't know how it goes in South Africa. But if I want work done at my house, I, I have to call a contractor. I can, I can only do so many things. And uh, I call a contractor and I say, um, I need to add a, uh, I want to add a bathroom in my house. And so he would, he would look at this, and he'd take the measurements, and then he would give me a, an estimate that this is approximately what it costs. And, and, it, and, and for the most part, it used to be, in fact, it's changing a little bit, it was a free estimate. A free estimate. And you say, why is it changing? People are actually charging for estimates now. If I'm going to come to your house and do the work, I'm going to charge you for it. And that, that was always the case until someone needed some business and they said, I'll give a free estimate and maybe I'll get their business just because I'm going to come out for free. And today, I want to give you a free estimate. And, and in the free estimate, what, what I'm hoping to do is adjust our estimate. And sometimes the estimates need to be adjusted. I, I told you last night that our building is about, it's about a $4.1 million project, but it's, it, 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 and the building in and of itself, just the building is about $3.6 million. And, and, uh, and about two years ago, it wasn't $3.6 million. Two, two years ago, it was about, about uh, two years ago, it was about $2 million, $2.5 million. We shrunk it, and we're higher. Our price is now a $1 million higher. And what I'm telling you is, we couldn't say, yeah, but you said the price was this. They had to adjust their estimate. Because of the need and the demand of the day. And in our life, our estimate, our biblical Christian estimate, needs to be constantly and continually adjusted. That the Lord's always trying to get us aligned with Him. Now, I mean, let's just, come on, we're, we're all here, we're all people, and we get this. A lot of times I want the Lord to align with me. In other words, Lord, I'm going to do this. Would you bless this? 
Now, now I'll tell you what, if it's in line with this word, I feel, I feel liberty to do that. But, but the best thing is to do, Lord, I want to get in line with you so that I can be blessed. Right? The, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow to it with it. Now, I don't know exactly what that means, but I, but I understand the rich part. And it's not always financially. In fact, very many times it's not. I think you could say with Israel it was prosperity in the financial, physical sense, but also spiritually. And so the Lord's trying to get our estimate adjusted. And Leviticus 27, usually when the preacher turns to Leviticus 27, people go, (gasps) why? Well, because those last three verses, four verses, let's just look at them because they're so fun. Leviticus chapter number 27, we're going to come right back to Deuteronomy chapter 32, but Leviticus in chapter number 27, uh, look at those last verses there, uh, verse number oh, 27, and if it be in, uh, oh no, no, we want to go a little bit further, I'm on verse number 30, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's, it is holy unto the Lord. <laughs> the tithe is the Lord's. I know your pastor spoke about this recently on his tricky topics uh, uh, messages. And uh, it's, it's unfortunately tricky. It's, it's not tricky in the Bible. It's tricky because you think you're being tricked. You, 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 you know of some huckster out there, some charlatan out there, some heretic out there, who all he's doing is taking your money or people's money so that he can fly in his private jet. Okay, let me tell you of surety, your pastor does not have a private jet. (laughs) He's going to be waiting a long time. So that's why it's tricky. But it's not tricky at all. The tithe is the Lord's. Before, during, after the law, the tithe is the Lord's. And when I tithe, here's here's what I'm doing. I'm getting God's money out of my pocket. Can I, can I tell you today, I'm just, just, I don't have any of God's tithe money. It's all God's. It's all God's. A great principle of giving is understanding that everything I have comes from God. Well, Paul says, what, what, what is it that thou didst not receive? But, but God asked for that 10%. That's the beginning. That's where we start as Christians, 10%. And he says, oh, I'm going to give you 10%. I, I read a story recently of a man, uh, he, was, he was a young man and he, he got saved and he asked his pastor, you know, I'm doing some discipleship, I'm going to grow in the Lord. They got to the money issue, and, and uh, we're going to talk about tithing, and he made a promise, I'm going to tithe, and at that time his tithe was $1 per week. He made $10 a week. And it grew a little bit, grew to $7.50 a week. His tithe did $10 a week, $100 a week, $500 a week. He's a very successful man, growing, growing, growing. He says, Pastor, I need you to come and see me. This pastor came over and saw him, pulled up to the house, just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful house. By the way, nothing wrong with that. He said, Pastor, I, I made that promise to God years ago, and, and now I have all this, and I just feel like I can't afford to tithe anymore. Is there any way to get out of the promise? This pastor said, well, th- there's no way to get out of the promise, but we can ask the Lord to get you back to tithing $1 a week again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smiling so you can't be mad. No, no one wants there. And by the way, the Lord doesn't want that for you. He says the tithe is the Lord. That's not the message. 
the message is estimation. So most of the chapter of Leviticus chapter 27 is all about estimation. Uh, it, what, what is estimation? In fact, look here, look, we, won't, we won't even read it. I'm just going to point it out to you. Leviticus chapter number 27, we'll read two verses. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When, when, a, man, when a man shall make a singular vow, the person shall be for the Lord by thy estimation. Okay. Now, again, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're one of those people, people you know, takes note here, verse, two, or verse 3, estimation, estimation, uh, verse 5, estimation, verse 6, estimation, estimation, verse 7, estimation, verse 8, but if he be poorer than thy estimation, then he shall present himself before the priest, and the priest shall, notice the word here, value him according to him, uh, his ability that vowed shall the priest value him. Estimation. Again, verse number, uh, go down a little bit further, verse 13, estimation, verse 14, estimation, estimation, verse 15, estimation, verse number 17 and 16 and 18 and 19 and down to verse number 23. Then the priest shall reckon unto him the, notice the word here, worth of thy estimation, even of the year of Jubilee, and he shall give thine estimation uh, uh, in that day as a holy thing unto the Lord. Verse 25, and all thy estimation shall be according to the shekel of the sanctuary, 20 giras shall be thy, uh, be the shekel. And estimation here pops up I'm just time after time. And I pointed out verse number uh, 8, and I pointed out verse number 23 in particular because you see the, you see the definition of estimation. What, what's estimation? Estimation is to assign value, verse number 8, or if you would, verse number 23, worth to something. I'm assigning value to something, I'm assigning worth to something. And then if you notice verse number 25, all your estimations were not to be your estimations. They're God's estimations. It was the shekel of the sanctuary. It was God's weights and God's balances and God's measures. And that's why the Lord said in Proverbs chapter number 11, which you'll read tomorrow because we all want to be on the same page. It's a, fa a false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is His delight. It's, it's the Lord's measurements it's the lord's estimations it's the lord's value it's the lord's worth and i want you to assign this value and this worth and i can't get into it because i don't understand it fully this is the lord's mind you got the male and the female and the older and the younger and all that in between there and god assigns that because he's god but but this is his mind and what god's always trying to do again is trying to get our estimate adjusted to his estimate which which almost always is a higher value and a higher worth. And so I want, I want just a, a few things I want you to look at. Just I'll, I'll try to go quickly this, this, this afternoon. And I, I know you're, you're, you've eaten and you're all ready for a nap and all that sort of stuff, because I am. And the Bible says here, first of all, in Deuteronomy chapter number uh, 32, is that God is trying to get our estimate adjusted of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Well, he's the best. I, I know that. You, you know that. He is, he is altogether lovely. I, I find no fault in him. He, he never sinned. He gave himself for us that we might have eternal life. That we could be with him forever. That we could now live for him on this earth and, and, and serve him. And 
That, that's our lovely Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I love, I love what the Apostle says. If you could just define it in one word, he went about doing good. You know what Jesus is? He's good. But far too often, I don't consider him like I should. Hebrews reminds us, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. And it goes on to say, lest he be wearied in your minds and faint. And we're to think on him. We're, we're to consider him, and we're to consider him often. And the fact that we don't is a reduction of our estimation of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says about Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 32, and that, I don't, they don't understand all the Christ issue here, but they understood the rock. And we, get, we find out later in Corinthians that the rock that followed them was Christ. And so the Bible says here in Deuteronomy chapter number 32 and verse number 15, notice it, but, but, but Jeshurun waxed fat, that's Israel here, and kicked, thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick, thou art covered with fatness. Notice, then he forsook God which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. They lightly esteemed him. Look over to Isaiah chapter 53, they, they lightly esteemed him. Uh, Jesus Christ should never, ever be lightly esteemed in our life. In, in, our, in, our, in our conduct, or if you would, our conversation, or in our words. Jesus Christ ought to be mirrored and magnified. And when we lightly esteem Him, He is you know, but a shadow. And the Lord wants us to esteem Him highly. And greater and more Israel would lightly esteem him in fact when it would come to the crucifixion we get here in Isaiah chapter 53 and and we have this beautiful picture of it and he says in verse number uh, 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 two three three he is despised and rejected of man a man of man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and we did we hid as it were our faces from him and he was despised and notice we esteemed him not No estimation. Not just lightly. Nothing. Verse number four, Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Yeah, God's doing this to you. Change of mind. Verse number five, But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. You know what the Lord is trying to do? Hey, he's shown to show your estimate is wrong. You're not giving enough value, enough worth to that which should be highly esteemed. Moses would be someone we would look at. Obviously, he would be known as the lawgiver. God's a lawgiver. He Moses, it's connected with the law. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 11, in that great chapter of faith, that he esteemed the reproaches of Christ greater, greater riches than all the treasures of Egypt. Well, that's a very telling verse. Christ and the reproach that is associated with him I don't know how it is here, okay? But, but, I, but I think I know how it is here because people are people everywhere. 
I, I have another job. I'm a pastor. I'm a full-time pastor. Uh, you know, we have about 175 to you know, 200 people on a Sunday. We're building, we're growing. I, I'm a full-time pastor. Our church takes care of me. I have, a, I have another job. Um, mostly to keep my mind busy. And, um, and just let's be fair, I like to spend. Anybody else here like to spend? Spenders Anonymous. I just say, <laughs> my name is Tim, I spend. You know, that sort of thing. I like to spend, but I also like to give. In fact, one of my, one of my spiritual gifts is giving. I don't say, but that's, that's one of my gifts. That's what the Lord's blessed me with. And, and a lot of people want the gift of giving, uh, but mostly they want the gift of getting. So, so that's one of my gifts. So I work so that I can uh, spend. I'm just being honest and give. Okay. But at that other job, it's mostly professional. It's mostly professional. Um, I'm, I'm a maintenance type guy. I work for a billionaire-ish. And, um, but, but, I'll get around the blue-collar guys sometimes, and you know we talk, and they'll they'll, they'll use the name of the Lord's name, uh, the names, uh, the name of the Lord in vain, and I'll mention Jesus Christ not in vain. And and it's amazing when they take the name of the Lord's uh, name, name of the Lord in vain, no one shudders. But when you start saying Jesus in a good way, all of a sudden people kind of right. They stiffen up on you like, how dare thee? <laughs> and then they, you know, I, again, I don't know what it is here, but it's like, are you, you know, sometimes it's one of, are you one of those? Yeah, I'm one of those. The reproach of Christ. And, and it was greater than all the Notice treasure in Egypt. You know, Moses, Moses gave up. Right? You understand he was raised in Pharaoh's household. He gave up for Christ because he esteemed him highly. So the Lord's trying to adjust your estimate. Where, where do you put Christ in your picture? If he's anywhere but number one, he's in the wrong place. Okay, okay. And, and when he's not number one, can I tell you this? Every other thing in your order of priorities is out of whack. Okay? Number two. Look at Job in chapter number 23. Estimation. Value, worth, ascribed to something. It needs to be according to the word. And the, the second thing I want you to know is that the Lord puts great estimation on his word. And when I, when I, when, when you, th- this message here, you, you could put the word first and Christ second because the word tells us about Christ, but, but I, Christ is Christ. Without, without the word Jesus Christ, we don't have the word of God. And yet the word of God, they're, they're inseparable. I mean, you know that, right? The, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. But then the word gave us the Word of God. And I won't touch on this too long. I know you're a Bible-believing church. I know your pastor speaks about this. I mentioned it last night. And I find myself as a pastor sometimes I, I, redundant on this subject. And the reason I'm redundant on this subject is because of the value that, and the, the worth that it's been for me. The Word of God. Like, where would I be without it? I, I love what David one time, he didn't have a sword. 
And you know, he goes to the priest there and, and he's looking for a sword and, and the, the priest brings out Goliath's sword. You know, you know, and he says, oh, give me that. He says, there is none like it. Like, I, I got goosebumps right now. You know why? Because there is none like this. Like, give me that book. Give me that book. Like, you might find this weird, but I love the smell of this book. Like, I don't want to smell your Bible. <laughs> People have done that to me. No, 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 no. no I don't want to. But you know, how about, you ever get a brand new, a brand new leather Bible? Better than fresh bread. Kind of is fresh bread. I got to write that one down too. No, 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 just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Is that, is that how you live? Is that, is that your estimate of this word? word? Do, do you got to have it? I, I tell you this, as a Christian, you got to have it. You got to have it. I, I wish coffee was likened unto the Bible, but it's not. But, but every morning I get up, every, every morning, I, I get that espresso machine cranking. I hit the button. I get those two shots of espresso and add a little water to it and just have a delicious Americano with dark roast, dark roast coffee. I get in my chair. I'm sitting outside right now because it's this fall and just, ah, oh, the sun rises. You know the sun rises, right? <laughs> Sunrise is beautiful. I, I told you last night we got some acreage. We just had, we had a beautiful backyard and acreage the Lord's you know, blessed us with. And I just sit there. I try to soak it up for a little bit and then. The, the estimate didn't come naturally. I had to be directed to it. But I tell you what, now it's just, it's, it's more than habit. It's certainly more than ritual. I got a habit. Job, Job felt that way. I don't even, look, you understand, Job's, Job's the first book written, from my understanding. And yet he said, I got to have the Word of God. I think you're in Job chapter 23. Did I, I, think, I think I got that one right. He says, uh, Neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. Notice, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I got to have it. Got to have it. Do you got to have it? What's your estimation of the word? I tell you what, your estimation of Christ will determine the estimation of the Word, and the estimation of the Word will help determine your estimation of Christ and everything else. Let, let me show you one more in that thought. Look at Psalm 119. And this is probably nothing new to you, but I just maybe reemphasize it. I always feel at a missions conference, the missionary usually isn't going to say anything different than that I've said. The preacher's not going to say much different than what I've said, but it's a different tenor. It's a different way of saying it. 
It's that hammer of the word. And I'm not saying we don't get revelation sometimes from some of these preachers. We just, your, your pastor did a great job for us, and that's why we had him back. But, but we get that word and word and word and word and word and word and word because we need the word and 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 the word. Psalm 119, this, just a great chapter, right? The whole chapter is about the Word of God, 176 verses. Every, chapter, every, every, every verse in it has God, the Word, and you in it. Every verse. And he says down here in Psalm 119 and verse number 28, look what he says here. He says, that's not it. Well, I'm not going to read the whole thing, I'll tell you that. 128, thank you. 128, therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. You know, the word of the Lord is right, Psalm 33, 4. And David said, all the time, every time, your word is right and I'm esteeming it to be so where's your estimation for the word God's trying to adjust it we got a guy in our church that drives truck he wakes up at around two in the morning to get to work by three he comes to me one day he says pastor I I'm really struggling to get up at 1 30 so I can read my bible before I leave the house and I said that would be a struggle that you shouldn't have Right? Don't get up a half an hour early. I said, do you have a, I said, do you have a CD player in your truck or do you have a USB port in your truck that you could listen to the Word of God while you're driving to work? And Yeah. I said, that's your ticket. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I'm for reading, but I'm also for sleeping. And the Lord gives His beloved sleep and they don't contradict. And when you could take time later on in your day, if you got to get up early, if you're a farmer in here, you're getting up early. Some you got to commute to, you know, an hour, hour and a half away. You're getting up early, but you could listen to it. Now, I don't know if they have political radio over here, but our people listen to political radio all day long. And you know how I know they listen to political and watch political TV all day long because they come into church on Wednesday nights like this. <laughs> like I don't watch that stuff. The world's, I know it's a mess out there. I just, I know it. I can watch it about 10 minutes and get disgruntled and get mad too, but I'll tell you what, you get your nose in this book, fill your ears with this book, it'll direct your path. You've got to get an estimate, adjustment, put it higher. Number three, take your Bible if you would, look over to First uh, Thessalonians chapter number five. First Thessalonians in chapter five, and look at verse number 13. Look at verse 12. Where we beseech you, brethren, we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Notice here now, verse 13, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Don't, don't miss this here now, and be at peace among yourselves. Okay? So uh, you need to get an adjusted estimate, a biblical estimate of your, of your preacher. 
And I'll just say the preacher in general. Okay? And the Bible says here that you're to know them and uh, you're to esteem them very highly in love. Put them at the top of the charts? I didn't say that. Top of the charts is Jesus. It's always Jesus. By the way, if you have a preacher that puts himself at the top of the chart, find a different one. And if you have a preacher that puts himself above the Word, there's a church that does that. Everything they speak is ex cathedra. Find a different one. So should he be third? I didn't say he should even be third, but you should esteem him higher. And you should esteem him highly, look at the words here, in love. Pastor, I love you. Maybe get a little note sometime and write it. Hey, preacher, I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm for you. Esteem them highly. When you get in the car after the service, if every time you get out there and say, oh man, I can't believe he said it that way. I can't believe he went so long again. He said that last week. You can expect that from your children and your children's children and your co-workers and everybody else around you. Your esteem highly. Hey, thanks, preacher. You can be honest. I didn't really like that message today. But I needed that message today. And how do you show that even more so? Look, look at those last few words. And be at peace among yourselves. You know what the best way you could show your past love to your pastor, your preacher? Get along. Get along. Well, but put your butt somewhere else. That didn't sound right, but I mean, hey. Get along. Just get along. Dad always told us, you don't have to like everybody. But you need to love every Christian. And you ought to try to like every Christian. Some of us are harder to like than others. Some of us are harder to love than others. But think about how the Lord loves you. So esteem him highly in love for their work's sake, um, the preacher. And then, and then one more. Look at Philippians and chapter number four. Excuse me, Philippians and chapter number two. And, and, and verse number three. And the Bible says here, let, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, and it goes on to define that. So what's point number four? And, And last point. Esteem others better than yourself. How am I going to do this? 
with lowliness of mind. Now, that, it's, it's, unfortunate, it's unfortunate that that is difficult for us, to have lowliness of mind. But all of our tendencies are to think of ourselves better than we are. Well, I'm really having trouble being humble. <laughs> well, let me point some things out for you. We shouldn't have to do that. But in lowliest of mind. Yeah, but they live and they do and they are. In lowliness of mind, let each esteem other, other. Listen, you're either an other or yourself. That's it. You're one, you're one, or you're an other. That's it. You're one or you're an other. And you think about how you like to be treated. Romans 12, 10 says, in honor, preferring one before another. Preferential treatment. I love preferential treatment. I, think I can be honest, right? I mean, I love, I love preferential. You know, I travel enough, and you know, sometimes you go to a hotel that is, it's just a little higher, and you call down to the you might think this is really, really strange because it is. You call down to the front desk, and they don't, they don't just say hello. They say, hello, Mr. Havman. How can I help you? <laughs> right? That's a certain level. I don't get to stay there very often. But when I do, I call the front desk. Right? Do you know you call some from desk? You say, hey, I need a few more towels. And they say, oh, they'll, be at the, they'll be at the desk here in a few minutes. But not with Mr. Havman. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Havman. How can I help you? I need a few towels. They'll be right up. <laughs> now, if you've never stayed there, someday you might. And you'll like it. You know why? It's preferential treatment. It's, it's esteeming someone higher, better than themselves. You know what comes to missions? We need to have a preferential treatment for the missionary. We, we need to esteem the people that he, uh, himself and the people he is reaching as better than ourselves. That, that, that need the gospel and we have an opportunity to partner with them. Through prayer, we pay them, pray for them, and we pay for them. And how do we do that? We've got to have the right estimation. Christ. Christ has got to be at the top of the list. His word has got to lead us and instruct us. And If you can, make it the first part of your day. Your preacher. Your preacher. Hey, maybe outside of your spouse, maybe outside of your children, can I, I'm going to tell you this honestly, no one loves you more than your preacher. No one loves you more than your preacher. And then the missionaries. An opportunity to get to be involved, to get the gospel to the regions beyond by praying for them. Many of you got prayer cards today. 
Take a moment today and pray for that person. Pray for that family. Pray for that man of God and his wife. Pray for that man of God and his wife and his children and the ministry that they have received in the Lord that they would be able to take heed and fulfill it. And if you can, maybe through your local church or maybe just separately and the right hand doesn't even know what the left hand is doing, write a little check or a big, big one. Say, hey, we love you. We're praying for you. Use this however you want for God's glory. What is this? An adjusted estimate. The Bible says in Luke, that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. It's not saying you can't have things, but when we put the worth above the things of God, God says, ah, we've we got, we got to adjust that. A place like this is a, where you can get that done, hopefully often and regular. So tonight, or today, thankfully it's not tonight yet. Where, where does your estimate of the things of God lie? Like you don't have to answer it out loud, but you need to answer it right here. Hey, where, where is that? Uh, where is it for Christ and his word, for my preacher and for, for others? And how, how, Lord, how, how, Lord, how, how, do, how, how does this need to be adjusted? And then what the Lord shows you, like don't try to get away from it. What I find at those times is that the Lord just, no, not that, not that one. And the Lord's saying, no, that, that's, that's exactly it right there. And then as you can, act upon it and be that. Let, let's have every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to ask the piano player to come today just, just for a few minutes. I'd like to just take a, a few minutes, just, just a few minutes. It is 1.30, just a few minutes. and Maybe meditate upon of what the Lord has given you today. Maybe he gave you something. Maybe he gave you one thought there today that your estimate needs to be adjusted. And I'll tell you what, as those adjust, uh, estimates are adjusted, all it can do for missions is expand the cause of Christ. So just, just while the piano plays softly, just, just a few thoughts, just a few prayers. What the Lord speaks to you about, just... Make that decision. If you want to come down to the altar, you're mo most welcome to. If you want to stay right where you're at, that's fine as well. Pastor. We're not going to keep you long, but we're going to give you long enough. We're going to give you long enough to let that seed sink deep into the ground so that the fowls of the air don't just swing by and grab it on as you head out the door. You know, that's the secret to protecting the seed from the fowls. It's got to get deep enough so that they can't just grab it off the ground. We don't want to rush out of here before the seed has sunk in. Say, Pastor, I've got other things to do. I've already been here a while. I, I know, and I don't mean to make light of those things, but they're not as important as what you just heard. After all that Christ has done for us, 
God help us never to be guilty of esteeming Him not. What is He worth to you? Is He he worth volunteering and saying, Lord, here am I. Send me. You are worth leaving my homeland. Is He worth that? There are people in Thailand, Colombia, Hawaii, Russia, Japan, Israel, Brazil, Mexico, Switzerland. We saw so many great tables today. There are people in South Africa. How important are they? They were so important to Christ, He left His homeland. And spent his entire life on the mission field. Do you understand that? Jesus spent his entire human life on the mission field. It's worth it. The prophet Isaiah said, I will make a man more precious than fine gold. That's the estimation. Give you just a couple more moments. Then we're going to close the service in prayer. Just ask the Lord. And you're going to have time tomorrow to think about this even more. Don't ask Him, what else do I have to do? Ask Him, what else do I get to do? How about you tell Him before you leave today, Lord, I love you. I just want you to know you're, you're worth anything you ever ask of me and more. Lord God, we come to you and we thank you that when we esteemed you not, when we esteemed you stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, you didn't come down off the cross. You prayed for us. You stayed on the cross. You paid for our sins. That's what we can do. Pay and pray. Lord, that's what You did. You paid. You prayed. Thank You for being our missionary. Show us, Lord, what we get to do. As best we can, Lord, adjust, adjust our dials so that they are right where You want them to be. Fathers, we dismiss... Please let these seeds continue to sink down and bring us back tomorrow refreshed, ready, hungry, hearts, open ears. Thank you for what you've given us today. We look forward to what you'll give us tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Folks, thank you so much. It's been a wonderful day. Please don't forget to grab some food on your way out. And Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow at 9.30. If I...